Welcome to the Optimist Futures Podcast, a place to learn from an industry insider with over 20 years of experience in commodity futures and options. Gain insight to the newest technology, platforms, risk management, trading philosophy, and advice about the current state of the futures and options markets. For futures trading platforms, deep discounts trading commissions, overnight margins, and instructional videos, feel free to visit our website at optimistfutures.com. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimus Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Optimus Futures, Matt Zimberg. Hi guys, this is Matt Z from Optimus Futures, and I wanted to wish you a good week in trading as usual. You know, just stick to your, your discipline. I'm not going to say things such as be careful, rather, you know, focus on risk management, and as I always say, make good decisions stay disciplined and risk management. Today I'm going to talk about automation of trading and I'm going to talk about some traders will or at least thought or desire or future plan to turn their method into an automated method. So let me shed some light on it and at the same time I'd like to start with a quote from actually Martin Scorsese, and he said that about the acting legend Kirk Douglas. Here's what he said. Some actually believe that these qualities, commitment and dedication to the art form that I'm talking about can be replaced by algorithms and formulas and business calculations. But please remember, it's all an illusion. And I thought to myself, what a great quote that could definitely apply to the trading world. But before I discuss specifically this quote and how I um, relate people's efforts to automate their trading. Um, let me just discuss the desire to automate trades in general. Now, some of the, those things that I say, again, they're coming from my experience and people that I discuss it with, and um, actually traders that call us here at Optimus Futures or beginner traders, So this is just my way of guiding them, but it does not mean that this applies to everybody out there. I'm going to talk specifically about the people that I don't think it applies to, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, so let's start by talking about the desire to start trading automation. Majority of the times when people want that, again, according to my experience, you know, and the people that I talk to, is because their method that they're trading manually, they're unable to implement, right? So they're thinking that fear stops them or some sort of a guessing game in between is stopping them, but they think that it's just a psychological, um, basically something psychological or something in their mind stops them from maximizing their the method's full capacity. And in my opinion, it's completely untrue. 
um, if, if you are unable to trade your method uh, with discipline and um, implement the way it should be, switching it to an automating trading system will not help whatsoever. If you're unable to play some trades because of fear, at some point when a machine starts placing those trades, you will override those trades emotionally. So people think it requires a different level of discipline for trading automation and having um, an automated system, an algorithmic system. So it's not. Whether you're a discretion, I should call it discretionary trading. So whether you're a discretionary trader or whether you're an automated trader, it requires the same level of discipline. Let's start from that. Nobody will convince me otherwise. There are different things that happen when somebody trades automation and discretion. And the discipline comes in different shapes and forms that both need. But nevertheless, don't think that switching from one to another would make you a better trader. So specifically in discretionary trading, one of the decisions is basically when when you trade is where you enter, where you exit, continuously putting the trades putting the trades in a timely fashion. And basically, when, when, when traders go through some hard times, they stop it, right? So when they stop it, then they um, starting to trade a little bit with their own feelings and they see that doesn't work. So they say to themselves, you know what? I'm just going to automate the whole thing. I'm just going to go and find a coder and I'm going to automate the whole thing. And, that, and all the downfalls that I have will be overcome if I switch it to an automated system, which is not true. What happens in an automated system, every trade that is being placed, you will watch it. And many times your intuition will not agree with that. That's the difficult part in automation. The machine places the trade. It could be a market that's going up and up and up and up and up. And all of a sudden it buys at a certain top. Now your gut feeling tells you, oh my God, we already moved so many points you know, why is it buying right now? Well, it could be quite the opposite when the market goes up and up and up and up and it shorts. And you say, well, if the mar- what if the market goes higher? And this is where people start um, tweaking with the system. Sometimes they take the trade, sometimes they don't take the trade. So basically, the same mistakes that they have done, which was really a lot of maybe fear, I would assume, that happened on discretionary trading is actually coming in a different form to automated trading automated trades could start off well let's assume that you know you switched to an automated system and now it's doing well at some point you will go through a drawdown and the system will go through a drawdown i'm going to tell you right now there is no system out there in the world that does not go through some bad periods this is what drawdowns are so a lot of people don't like to um, discuss it but the reality is everybody goes through bad periods Now, during those bad periods, you have to examine whether um, your system um, trades the same way that you wanted it to trade when it was discretionary. And many times you will find that it's not the case. When you were in discretion, you sometimes traded, you didn't trade, now the system trades all the time. And you're like, well, why is it trading all the time? Why is it getting into the market? And now that bothers you. So you stop that and then you start again, right? So again, whether somebody build a system 
or trades discretion, it requires, both of them require discipline. Both of them require the understanding of drawdowns. Both of them require the understanding that during bad periods, you have to continue to trade if it's a good method. If you know your system well, and if you know that if you have experience that in the past it was able actually to recover from drawdowns, there's nothing else you can do but keep on trading the system. If you stop trading the system, then you don't know what you're missing. And a losing trade is in, 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 in the long run, in the long run, this is just my personal opinion, a, a losing trade is actually equal to a trade that you have missed. Any trade that you have missed that could have been a winning trade is also an opportunity cost, although it's not reflected in actual cash being debited or credited to your account. The large numbers law do dictate that missed trades and trades that are, that are losing could be equal in weight on the overall performance of the system. Now, many times the traders that hear about automation, what they do, basically they don't know how to program, right? So what they do is they go and they look for a programmer because they don't know how to program the system themselves. Now here's what happens in reality. A conversation between a person who has a method that has not proven to work uh, meaning it doesn't have a positive PL, doesn't have a, a positive profit, goes now to a programmer. And now he tells the programmer that he wants to build a system that is profitable, right? And many times they think that programmers are able to give them input to build a profitable system. Programmers don't have the ability to do that. All programs programmers do. They take input, and that input they put into a code that executes the language. And if somebody comes to a programmer not understanding that, then a conversation between a discretionary trader and a programmer, it's it would be equal to a conversation between a deaf and a mute. They basically, there's no communication between them and the result is not good. Now, many times it's really funny because people who want to automate their systems are not exactly very generous in understanding how much time it takes to program it. So they look for the cheapest programmer, right? If somebody comes to them and says, well, how much to automate this program? It might say a thousand, two thousand, um, or anything like that. And then what happens is that, well, that's too much, right? Which is funny, right? So a trader wants to come in, throw a system in that makes him money every day in and out, but he would not pay for a good programmer. So anyway, then the sort starts between all the programmers and then they find the cheapest programmer. And then he puts the system to play to, to you know, at the, it puts it at play, which means it puts it at the market after all the programming and back and forth. And the system does not trade as the guy want. And many times the tra system does not trade the way he wanted is because it does not make profits, right? The system just does not work. So then they go back to the programmer and they're like, well, it doesn't work. And the programmer says, well, what do you want me to do? I mean, I, I just put a system in place. You told me the input, I put the input. That's what it is, right? So I'm just saying it's really hard many times to programmers and there's a lot of services out there. And unfortunately, not a lot of the programmers understand it that, you know, programmers, the competent programmers, there's a lot of incompetent programmers, but the competent programmers are not there to make your systems profitable. They're really there to put their, to put your input into a machine. That's really 
what it is. Now, do some of them have uh, trading experience? Sure, uh, because they have to simply program, because by necessity they have to program it into a machine that actually trades many times. And they're familiar with that machine. So somebody would come to them and say, hey, do you know how to program for this machine or that machine, this platform or that platform? And they say yes. And then they obviously have their input along the way. And then there's some sort of a backtesting. But programmers in their essence are not people who are supposed to build systems that continuously work. In fact, if the system breaks down one day, um, I shouldn't say, let me not be so dramatic and say break down. But rather, um, let's say it does not perform well for that period. And you just need to expand some parameters. Maybe the risk management parameters, you know, the profit parameters and so forth. You still have to go back to the programmer and do that, right? The machine itself will not fix it. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is this, is that if you are not a programmer yourself, it will be really hard for you to turn a discretionary system um, into um, an automated system. It's just really hard because you're just relying on somebody else. Now, think about it this way, okay? You can go to many translators out there, right? Let's say you wanna you want to translate um, a letter from English, let's say to French. If you go to different pro, well different translators, you will find that majority of them will come very very close. If especially it's a very long text, so they will come very close to that. But none of them will be the same. I find that programmers are the same. The more input you give them, the more inputs there are in systems, right? Then <clears throat> it's very hard for one to be the same as the other. So there could be differences in results. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The hardest thing that for a non-programmer to understand when they uh, program a machine is that they basically a programmer thinks along the lines of if-then, Right, so there's if-then conditions. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than, than I actually know because I'm not a programmer, programmer myself, but I worked with enough competent programmers to understand how they think to give them input right. So it's if-then. But traders many times come up with very vague ideas. If the market does this, then I wanted to do this. And if the market will do this, I wanted to do that. And if the market will do this, they give them... You know, all the scenarios in the world that could they could potentially, that the discretionary trader tries to cover because he thinks that an automated system then will cover every single scenario and then money is guaranteed. That only makes the programmer's life difficult because if you have laws that are contradicting one another in the programming language, which many times... What I've seen discretionary traders do, they say, well, if the market does this, then it should do this. And if the market does that, but the ideas in themselves are contrary. And even if the trader does not understand that they're contrary, in the language itself, it will be contrary. And in order for a system to be profitable in automation, it has to be accurate. So here's what I'm telling you. The bottom line is this. The bottom line is that if you are a discretionary trader, you should really focus on the art of trading, right? Just like Martin Scorsese says, right? That you have commitment and dedication to the art form, right? So 
that's what you have to stick with. It's difficult. I know I'm not here to, as you know from all my podcasts, I'm not here to, um, you know, promote trading. I just, I'm just trying to help those who are, who are in it, who are interested in it, or are going to get into it. There's an art form to discretionary trading. The art form is basically understanding the downfalls of discretionary trading, the downfalls of, of, of decision-making and a lot of decision-making and trying to live with those faults, right? And trying to overcome them and not trying to overcome them artificially because that's what programming does. If you run to a programmer and you're not a programmer and you're trying to build a system out there that has not worked for you, Again, I suggest stick to the original art form, which is reading charts, risk management, and understanding that many of decisions that we'll make will not be great decisions, but you have to make a few good decisions to potentially become profitable. Now, those of you that are, I would say, competent programmers, not the type of, I know a little bit of programming, but really competent, no the downfalls also of, of, of backtesting a system um, that is um, that is programmed such as inside bar. To those of you who don't know, um, there's a big problem in the programming world which is called inside bar. Inside bar is when the system does not know if the profit or the loss has been hit first. And many times when you backtest the system, it's always profitable because within the bar, it always shows that the profit was taken first. So even some programmers are not aware of it. And there were some programmers that, that luckily I made them aware of it, although they knew the programming really well, and they were able to put their input right um, into the language um, that they trade in. Again, that showed them the, the results were amazingly positive. And when it's amazingly positive, then I always ask them, did you check the inside bar, which is no. And now luckily, some of the software companies are not all, but many are able to do look inside the bar and determine based on the time frame which was hit first, um, the, 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 the target or the stop. So again, that's that's really important as well in, in, in the backtesting method. Um, that's basically it, you know, for now. So I hope it helped you. I hope that you understand that, you know, jumping from one thing to another to another is not something that, that would, would, uh, would help, but rather you have to focus on, again, as I mentioned, the art form of reading charts, reading the DOM or whatever that you do on a discretionary basis. If you are a programmer, right? And the only way you like to do things is by programming. Sure, you can go for it. If you know the trading language really well, and you know how to test systems, and you understand also by listening to this podcast, that you will have to be just as disciplined as a discretionary trader. You will you will have challenges of ups and downs and five trades that are losing that you will still continue have to continue using the system if if you believe in your method. Stopping and starting it, which happens also to programmers based on a gut feel, that's exactly where the trap exists. So now you know, um, don't um, just uh, have some sort of a thought that going from one to another will improve, you know, things, but rather focus to what you do 
um, focus, sorry, focus on your strengths. That's what I meant to say. Focus on your strengths and focus on the ability that you have within the parameters that God gave you and the skills that God gave you to make um, the, the most out of it. That's it for now. I wish you a fantastic week. I just want to remind everyone that there's a substantial risk of loss in futures trading. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Please use um, risk management and, and in, in your trading. Use only risk capital. It will not uh, change your lifestyle. And because I mentioned here profits and stop losses, I'm also obligated to tell you that when you place a stop, it might be... Um, your stop might not necessarily stop exactly where you want. There could be huge slippage because there are tough market conditions and hard market conditions could be prevented from um, trading exactly at that point. There might not be an ask or things of that nature. That's it. Uh, guys, I wish you uh, all the best. I welcome your business at optimistfutures.com. I look forward to um, hearing from you. Please give us a call here at www www.optimistfutures.com call us it's 1-800-771-6748 and if you're on a local call give us a call it's 561-367-8686 thank you and uh, i'll see you on the next podcast thank you for listening to the optimist futures podcast subscribe to our podcast on itunes soundcloud and google play you can also find us on youtube facebook Twitter, and Google+, all under the username Optimus Futures. If you have any questions, feel free to send us an email to support at OptimusFutures.com or give us a call directly at 561-367-8686 or toll free at 1-800-771-6748. Once again, thank you for listening to the Optimus Futures podcast. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimus Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence.